Thank you for that. Uh, if you would, at this time, go ahead and take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter number 20. Matthew chapter 20. And we have been in the book of James. We started that a few weeks ago, but uh, today on Mother's Day, I, I felt led to go a different direction and encourage the moms here today. And uh, of course, uh, we're here to talk about the moms, but uh, I think all of us would be would do well to uh, heed the message today as well. So if you're not a mom, I, I know that there'll be something in this for you. And uh, I know it'll be a challenge. It's been a challenge to me, and I'm not a mom. I'm a dad. I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian. And uh, I think that these uh, thoughts will be a help, help to us all. But uh, Matthew chapter 20, and we'll be reading just verses 20 and 21 as we uh, start this morning. And if you're able to join me in standing for the reading of God's Word, out of respect and reverence for the Holy Word of God, Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 and 21. The Word of God says this, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children, with her sons, worshiping him, and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand, and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. Let's pray together one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for moms. And Lord, today, I pray that uh, you would help me as I... Preach your word, Lord, to be hidden behind the cross. Lord, that you'd also grant me wisdom and boldness and liberty as I declare this message that I believe you've given to me to share with these, your people. And God, I ask that uh, you would be honored and glorified and, and that, uh, Lord, there would be a good response to your word today, that there would be a receptiveness and an application and a... Um, a desire to go and live the Word of God. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be uh, pleased with all that takes place in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, several elementary school students were asked some questions about their moms, and they gave some answers, and uh, very similar to the video we watched uh, a few minutes ago, but here is some questions that were asked to them and their responses to these questions. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty telling. Um, here's one question. The first question they asked them was, why did God make mothers? Somebody asked, well, she's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. That's a good reason why God made moms, I guess. And the other response given was, well, mostly to clean the house. And I would say a hearty amen to that one. I'm just kidding. Um, I know I need to do my part too. But um, the, the next question was, how did God make mothers? Uh, somebody answered with, he used dirt just like for the rest of us. Another said, said well, he used magic plus superpowers and a lot of stirring. <laughs> and the last one, um, he said, uh, uh, God made my mom just the same like he made me. He just used bigger parts. Um, and then what ingredients are mothers made of was another question. And, and this is probably one of my favorite answers here. God made mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and one dab of mean. 
There was a little bit, you know, they need a little meanness in there, and that's the ingredients that God made moms of, and I believe that to be true. All right, then why did God give you your mother and not some other mom? Uh, somebody said, well, because we're related. Uh, that's uh, very, very true. And then next one said, God knew she likes me a lot more than other people's moms like me. Uh, and that's true because uh, some of us have a face that only a mother can love, right? And that was, that's me for sure. And, uh, but God, God has blessed us with mothers. And, and while these make us smile here, moms, can I remind you again that your influence cannot be overstated in the lives of your children? And especially your influ influence for the Lord's sake. Abraham Lincoln uh, once wisely said this, No man is poor who has a godly mother. So if you have a godly mother here today, or maybe not here today, but growing up, she was a godly mother, you were a very rich individual. And, and moms, if, if you are a godly mother in the lives of your children, then your children are very rich indeed. You may not have a lot materialistically, but, but those things burn up anyway. Uh, what the, the influence of a godly mother doesn't burn up. That, that cannot be overstated, and, and I like what Abraham Lincoln uh, said there. So today on this Mother's Day, we're going to look at a godly mother in the Bible who had some essential priorities that made a powerful impact in the lives of her children. The, the mother we're going to talk about today is the wife of Zebedee, the mother of the two disciples, James and John. And, uh, and when you learn from Mark's gospel what her name was, her name was uh, Salome. And uh, we're going to be talking about this lady and the priorities that she had as a godly mother. And as we look at what the Bible says about this special mom, we're going to see some critical priorities that she had as a godly mom. And ones that made a great impact on her life and the lives of her children and, and priorities that, that every mom should kind of be all ears this morning and saying, hey, what, what, are these priorities true in my life? And if not, what can I do to get these priorities in my life? Again, if you're not a mom, you know, that doesn't mean you, you need to tune out this morning, but uh, for future moms, you need to tune in. And then, and then for dads and, and, and for young men, th these are things, of course, to be looking for. And, and, and then also, um, there, there are certain things that are, most of these we can apply to all of our lives. So what were the priorities that Salome had and the, the, the wife of Zebedee, the mother of James and John? What, what priorities did she have that made such a difference that caused her to be such a godly mother? First of all, this morning, I want us to see that she feared the Lord. The first priority that she had was that she feared the Lord. In verse number 20, it says this, Then came uh, to him, and him is a reference to Jesus, then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons. And the first thing that she does when she gets there, notice in verse number 20, is that she worships him. Verse 20 says, she came with her children, uh, with her sons, worshiping him. Now, what does worshiping him mean? Well, in studying this out, it, it, it indicates that she actually got, either got down on her knees or, or even fell down uh, all the way and, and laid down prostrate in front of him. 
in homage and in an act of reverence and adoration for the Lord Jesus himself. So she knew who Jesus was and feared him and showed that fear through her worship. It's interesting to note that her, her name, Salome, is the female version of the word shalom. And most of us know what shalom means. It means peace. And so her name uh, means peaceful, and, 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 and the reason she had so much peace, I believe, is because she understood who Jesus was and had a relationship with him and bent down and worshipped him. So her first priority was her very own relationship with the Lord Jesus, and she came and worshipped him. And, and it's worth noting that while she came for the main purpose of asking something of the Lord Jesus, before she ever gave her request, she first worshipped. Her first priority was her fear of the Lord. And moms, can I say this to you this morning? The greatest way you can make a difference in your children is not necessarily through your words. It's through your walk. If the Lord is important to you, then, then it's going to be important to your children. But if he's not important to you, then don't expect him to be important to your children. And for Salome, her, her relationship with the Lord, her fear of the Lord was important to her to where before she ever got to the question, she bowed down and worshipped him. And we see this in the model prayer before we say, give us this day our daily bread. Before we're ever called to ask, we're first called to worship. We're first called to express our fear of the Lord. Not in a being afraid of God, but in an act of worship, an act of, uh, an act of uh, reverence and adoration. She feared the Lord. When I think of uh, someone who had a, a true fear of the Lord, I think of Eunice and Lois. These two ladies are in the New Testament. Uh, Eunice is Timothy's mom. The, the Timothy was Paul's son in the faith, and he became uh, a pastor. And, and two books of the Bible were written uh, from Paul to uh, this man, Timothy. And, and, and Eunice and Lois made a tremendous impact. Eunice was Timothy's mom. Lois was Timothy's grandma. And these ladies made a huge impact in his life, and they used their words to teach him the scriptures. Because in uh, first, or 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse number 15, it says, And that thou hast known the scriptures, uh, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation. How did, how did Timothy know the scriptures from a child? Well, mom and grandma, they took the time to impart the Word of God into this young man's life. And so they were teaching him, but, but it wasn't just getting the Scriptures that was important. Um, more importantly, they first had genuine faith in themselves, and that got passed down to Timothy. Here's what Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. So what happened here was mom and grandma, they had a tremendous, real, genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that got passed down to Timothy. 
It wasn't just, hey, you need to do all this, Timothy. It was, hey, we have a tremendous, we have a genuine faith in the Lord. And that got passed over to Timothy. He saw it. See, having a, a personal, unfeigned faith, a true fear of the Lord is the first priority that every godly, man, godly mom has. I was thinking about uh, moms a little bit this week, and, and I was thinking about how moms are, are usually have a name at, before the mom. Um, they, have, they, they, they become a soccer mom, okay? They, they become a baseball mom or a football mom or a hockey mom. And, um, and, and, and these moms, they go, what happens is they go to these games and they're, con, they're content to sit on the sidelines and bleachers and, and all to cheer on their children. And, and, and that's great to do. But, uh, but when it comes to raising your children to know and love Jesus, it's more than just cheering them on to do so. You must also be in the game. It would be odd if you went to a soccer game and your children were there and you get, you're like, you know what, let me, let me get in the game and you start playing. That'd be kind of silly. But when it comes to raising your children to know the Lord, you can't just sit on the sideline. They've got to see you doing it too. You've got to be in the game. And Mrs. Jones uh, relaxed by reading her Bible each day. After observing this habit for several years, her four-year-old daughter asked, Are you ever going to get finished reading that book? <laughs> and what happened was she kept seeing her mom reading her Bible. She kept seeing her mom read her Bible every day. Look, they, they've got to see it in you first, moms. Uh, they, they've got to see you reading your Bible. They, they need to hear you pray. They need to see you be faithful to church. They need to see you in a, with a desire to please and honor God with your life. They need to see an example of fearing the Lord. That was Salome's first priority as a mom. That, that, that she was going to fear the Lord and she was going to worship God and, and her relationship with Jesus was most important. That was the first thing. May it be same for every mom in here today and every person in here today as well. But not only did she fear the Lord, second priority she had, number two here is she focused on bringing her children to Jesus. She focused on bringing her children to Jesus. Now, if you go back here to verse number 20, it says, Then came him to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons. Now, I realize in the context of all this, uh, James and John had already been followers of Jesus. They had already been uh, disciples. They had already become part of the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ. We had Peter, James, and John. They were already part of that. So it's not like she's bringing them to Jesus uh, for salvation. Um, really, she's bringing them so that they can be close to Jesus. That's what she's trying to do. And look, uh, her interest was that her children would be close to the Lord Jesus Christ. And can you fault her for that? I, I realize that uh, later in this passage, we're going to find Jesus correct this request and, and give a little more insight here. But at that time, there wasn't an understanding necessarily. We, we have understanding of what Jesus says later, but, but she didn't. And can you really blame her? for trying to get her kids to be close to Jesus Christ? 
She says in verse 21, Hey, grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand, the one on the left in thy kingdom. She wanted wanted James maybe to be on the left-hand side and John to be on the right-hand side or maybe vice versa. She didn't really care. She just wanted her boys to be close to Jesus. And, and sure, was it, was it a desire for them to have some authority and some power? Uh, perhaps that was part of it. But, but, but I think that there's also an element of she wanted her boys to be close to Jesus. And I believe that that is a wonderful priority. See, more than caring about the temporal things for her children, she was concerned about eternal things. Too, too many moms in our day and age, in our culture, are aiming to prepare their children for life. And you say, well, that, that's good, isn't it? To prepare your children for life? That, that's not a bad thing, but really the purpose of parenting, especially in Christian homes, is not just to prepare our children for life. We should be preparing them for eternity. We should be preparing them to meet the Lord because one day we will all meet the Lord. And too many moms just want their kids to be good students and, and good citizens and, and to make money so that they don't have to live at their house anymore. And I'm all for that. I don't want my kids living in my house forever either. So, Luke, are you listening? Um, look, I, I want my kids to do well in life. I do. But that's, not, that's too low of a name. We need to be aiming for preparing our children to face the Lord one day at the judgment seat of Christ as a believer and to make sure that they're not at the great white throne judgment being judged according to their works. She focused on bringing her children to Jesus. So moms, um, here's the deal. Many, Many moms work hard. And making sure their children are on time for football practice, for the soccer games, for the baseball tournaments. And and I'm not against sports, but but here's the deal. Sports can't provide eternal salvation for for your children's souls. Sports can't forgive the sin debt that your child has. Sports can't make your child a part of the family of God. Only Jesus can. And Salome understood that I need to get my kids to Jesus and I need to get them as close as I possibly can be. So moms, instead of focusing on bringing children, I want to just encourage you, keep bringing your children to church, even though it's not always easy or convenient. I remember when, and this is easy for me to say, um, because I'm not a mom. But when I was, when we were in California, we had four small children in the home. I mean, children in diapers, children potty training, and all the rest of it. Um, on Sunday mornings, we would get everybody together. When I say we, she got everybody up. She got everybody dressed. She got everybody together, and she came to church. I went early separately. <laughs> I, was a, I was a chicken, and uh, I know I'm, I'm not the best dad, 
ever or husband here, but um, I was on staff at a church and I needed to get there early. And, and instead of making the whole family get there early, I let her uh, take care of the kids at home. But she would take the time to get all those diapers changed, all those kids in church clothes and, and all down to the church house. And I realize it takes some effort. I realize it's difficult. It's not easy. It's not convenient. But, um, but, but I'm telling you, your labor's not in vain. So keep exposing your children to the gospel. Keep exposing them to the Bible, to the people of God, to the house of God, the church, which is the pillar and ground of the truth. When I think of a mom who desired to bring her children to the Lord. I, I think of Hannah. She prayed diligently for a child and desperately wanted a, a little one, and, and God finally granted her request. She gave her child to the Lord, and Samuel went on to be a wonderful servant of God. I, I want to encourage moms to have a heart to get their kids to clo close to Jesus, and that's what Salome did. One of the greatest ways to bring your child to Jesus is through your prayers. We had a testimony this morning in our Sunday school class, uh, Brother Andrew mentioned his mom. One of the things he's most thankful for her is her prayers. And in, in his testimony, her prayers are a big reason why he's here today and, and saved and a part of the family of God. Mother's prayers. One way you can do that, moms, is by your prayers. Somebody wrote a poem here. I, Barbara Ryberg wrote a poem called A Mother's Prayer. She says, I wash the dirt from little feet. And as I wash, I pray, Lord, keep them ever pure and true to walk the narrow way. I wash the dirt from little hands, and earnestly I ask, Lord, may they ever yielded be to do the humblest task. I wash the dirt from little knees and pray, Lord, may they be the place where victories are won and orders sought from Thee. I scrub the clothes that soil so soon and pray, Lord, may her dress throughout eternal ages be thy robe of righteousness. And so, ladies, moms, pray as you're doing laundry, as you're cleaning them up from being outside. Pray for them. Pray that they would be saved. Pray that they would walk in truth. Pray that they would be pure and that they would be used of God in a great way in their life. Pray. So keep praying. Keep bringing your children to Jesus. So Salome, she feared the Lord. Secondly, she focused on bringing her children to Jesus. But then thirdly, I want us to see here, she had faith in God's Word. Now, many are critical of her for requesting uh, such a thing of the Lord. I mean, and it was, it was a misunderstanding of the kingdom of God, the timing and understanding of true greatness which Jesus corrected and, and later in the passage. But, but again, can you, can you fault her at this point for not wanting the best for her children? I mean, what mom doesn't want the best for her children? I mean, mom doesn't want leftovers. She wants the best for her little, little children. I, I get that. But it was more than just a request of that. It actually, her request was based on something that Jesus said in a previous a passage. So if you would just very quickly look back to uh, Matthew chapter 19. Just one chapter over. You may not even have to flip back over there. But chapter 19, here's what Jesus said in verse number 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Well, behold, 
We have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Okay, so Jesus said in verse 28, ye also, he's talking to the disciples, shall, shall sit upon 12 thrones. So Jesus said that they're going to get to sit on 12 thrones. So evidently what happened, James and John heard this, and they went back to mom, and they said, mom, you will not believe what Jesus just said. He said that someday he's going to set up a kingdom and there's going to be 12, 12 thrones and uh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to get to rule and reign with him. And she's like, really? Well, I'm wondering then if, 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 if I could go and, and say, hey, could, could James be on one side of you and, and John be on the other side? Could my boys be the ones closest to you? And so that's what happened, but, but here's the deal. She, she took the Word of God, and then she acted upon the Word of God. She believed it to be true. Again, she misunderstood the timing of the, uh, the whole thing and, 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 and the, you know, the, the position and power and all that, the, the misunderstanding of all that. But, but she did hear God's Word, and then she acted upon it. She had faith in the Word of God. Evidently, Salome heard about this instruction promise. She believed it and acted upon that truth. And that's what every mom needs to do, to hear the truth of God's word and then to act upon it, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because see, knowing the word of God and acting upon it are two totally different things. So mom, can I encourage you to be in this book every day? And as you see the promises of God, Trust them and live differently in light of them. As you see things in the Word of God that, and you, you look at your life, it's like a mirror, right? And, and as you see things in your life that need to be tweaked and changed, uh, don't, don't just be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the Word and, and, and change the things that need to be changed. Uh, don't, don't, don't match up uh, or be willing to allow God to mold and make you and conform you to the image of His Son. As you see commands in the Scriptures, obey them in your life. Let the Word of God change you. See, there's a lot of people nowadays who are trying to change the Word of God to fit them, and not enough who are allowing the Word of God to change them. Let's all, as we look in the Scriptures, and this isn't, again, just for moms, this is for all of us, to be faithful in the Word of God. And when we see something that needs to be changed in our life, Change it. If there's something that you have understood about the Lord and you, you, it comes clear by reading the Word of God, well, we'll change your thinking. Let, let's let the Word of God change us. The Word of God abides forever and is forever settled in heaven. Allow it to change you. So she had faith in God's Word. A couple more here that I want to mention. Not only did she have faith in God's Word, but she was also faithful. She was also faithful, and in Matthew chapter 20, she comes with this request 
to the Lord Jesus, and she says, hey, can you please do this for me? And she had the faith that, uh, that, that, God was gonna, that the Lord was going to answer this request, this prayer of hers. But instead, he uses this opportunity to correct this type of thinking. And really, she doesn't get the answer she was looking for. She was hoping for, oh, sure, uh, Miss Salome, for sure, we, well, I'll give you what you want. Of course, uh, what ends up happening is in verse 24 of this passage, when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. They, they were irate with these two guys, probably because they beat them to the punch. Uh, they, they thought, why, are, why do you guys get to sit on the right hand and on the left? Well, why can't I? They were, they were upset. So, Salome didn't really get what she wanted. And you would have think she would be absolutely burned. She must have gotten bent out of shape. She must have gotten super mad because Jesus didn't give her what she wanted. And, and you just crossed Mama Bear. Is that how she reacted? No. Instead, she faithfully stood by the Lord in the difficult times. If you would, turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, and Jesus is there on the cross. Verse number 56. Well, I'll pick it up in verse 54. As the centurion, uh, when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, This, uh, truly, this was the Son of God, and many women. Were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and here it is, and the mother of Zebedee's children. So Salome was there at the cross watching Jesus. So evidently she didn't get all huffy and puffy and can't believe you didn't give me what I wanted. I'm out of here. What's, you're some savior you are. Now, she was there at the cross because, see, her devotion to the Lord wasn't dependent upon circumstances. Is our devotion to the Lord dependent on circumstances? Are we faithful when it's convenient, when it's comfortable, or are we faithful when it's not? Because there's going to be times of both. But that wasn't the only time we see her later on here. If you go to Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter 16. In verse number 1. It says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. So Jesus is in the grave, or at least they think he is, and they come to uh, anoint his body. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came into the sepulcher at the rising of the sun, and they said among themselves, Who shall roll away this stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And so here, Salome was present not only at the cross and the crucifixion, but now she comes and is uh, privy to the fact that Jesus is no longer in that tomb. 
She was faithful, and she was there to try to anoint the body of Jesus as an act of worship, as an act of love and adoration, going back again to the fact that she feared the Lord. And then if you go to, there's one more reference I want you to turn to, Acts chapter number 1. Salome was faithful. She didn't just go and say, hey, Lord, I want you to be my personal genie and give me what I want right now. See, there was a faithfulness to Jesus regardless of uh, how things went. She uh, acknowledged him as, as God and, and said, hey, if this, is, if this is your will, great. If not, I'm okay with that too. So she stayed faithful. She was there at the cross. She was there at the tomb. And then here in Acts chapter 1, and after Jesus ascends up into heaven, which is the first part of chapter uh, 1 here, but then pick it up in verse number, uh, well, uh, verse 12. It says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem, from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter, James, and John. Okay, so her boys are there. And Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, the, and James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon Zelotius, Judas, the brother of James. And then notice here, verse number 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And we, we looked at this talking about James, but this verse says, with the women, and, and I can't help but think that, that Salome was also there in that upper room. She, I believe very strongly that she was part of that 120. I can't exactly prove it from Scripture, but I believe she was there. I have no reason to doubt that she wasn't there. If she was there at the cross, and she was there at the tomb, and she no doubt was there in the upper room as the early church got its start. So she stayed faithful to the Lord, even when things looked bleak for her boys. She stayed steadfast in good times and in the bad. She stayed faithful even when her prayer wasn't answered the way she wanted. Mom, can I encourage you on this Mother's Day to stay faithful to the Lord when things are going your way and, and when they don't? Can I encourage you to stay faithful to the Lord when your kids are healthy and making you proud and things are going really well with your kids? But... Will you stay faithful to the Lord when your kids are going through difficult times and they're not as healthy and not as clean and not as uh, going, doing the things that make you just so happy and joyful? Um, we've had in our family, our kids have done some horrible... Okay, I'm kidding. Uh, I've got one of them right here. Um, our kids are good kids, but they're certainly not perfect and there's been some tough days when we've had to address some things with these children over the course of years. Even last night, we had to uh, have a little family powwow and uh, talk about some things that need to be repaired and fixed in our home. It, it, it's, it's not fun. You, you, you wish that they were always doing right, that, that, but that's just not reality. Are we going to stay faithful? Are we going to... Uh, stay with it. I want to encourage all of us to do so. Salome was faithful. But one more thought this morning, and that is this. She was faithful, but, but fifthly here, she was fruitful. She was fruitful. 
See, we know that Salome feared the Lord. She had a relationship with the Lord. She focused first on, on worshiping Him, and then she focused on bringing her children to Jesus. We, we know that she had faith in God's Word and that she was faithful, but what were the results of those priorities? What fruit did those priorities produce in her life and in her boys? Well, the short answer is that both James and John faithfully walked in truth till the day they died. Um, James and John, of course, were in the inner circle of Jesus. Peter, James, and John, uh, they were a part of that group. And these three would later be chosen to go with Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane. That was a pretty special a privilege to be near Jesus in that moment of his ministry as he's uh, talking to the Lord about, talking to his Father about what he's about to do for mankind on the cross of Calvary. They got to be there. And were they actually there there? They might have been there physically, but uh, they, they, they fell asleep. So... But they, they did get to be there. And then, um, later after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, what ended up happening with James they, and John, they, they went on to be leaders in the uh, early first century church. In Acts chapter 12, we read about how King Herod killed James with the sword. And James became the first apostle to give his life for the Lord's sake. Then John, what about him? Well, the disciple whom Jesus loved went on to be very instrumental again in the early church. He ended up writing five books that we have in the New Testament. We have the Gospel of John, then we have 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then we have the book of Revelation. He had the special privilege of writing that book of the Bible. Wow. And John ended up dying of natural causes, but stayed faithful to the Lord all the days of his life. Proverbs 22 and verse number 6 is a promise of God, and it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. James and John, they did not depart from it. They stayed faithful. And I believe partly because of the influence of Salome, their mom, that she was so faithful and she had such passion and you know what? I don't know how much impact she totally had on her boys. And uh, obviously the Lord himself had tremendous impact on those, those, young, those men. But, but I know that she had boldness and courage and passion to go to the Lord himself and to come into his presence and ask that question in front of the other 12 or the other 10. That, that took some real courage. That took some real boldness. And, and you know, her boys, they probably got a little bit of that passion from her because remember, they were named, these two boys, the sons of thunder. They, they had passion. They had a boldness. They had courage. And I think they got that from mom, from Salome. She was faithful, and they were too. She had faith in the Word of God, and I would say they did too. In fact, one of them was privileged to write a significant portion of the Word of God that we have in our hands today. So, she was fruitful. So, I would absolutely say that her priorities made a powerful impact in the life of her children. But her children, at some point, did have to make the decision for themselves to follow suit. Just reading about this here, uh, 
when the California gold fever broke out back in the 1800s, a man went there, leaving his wife in New England with his only boy. And as soon as he got on and was successful in the, uh, the gold uh, mining adventure that he was trying, trying to do there, um, once he was successful with that, he was going to send for them to come join, join him there on the, in the West. And it was a very long time before he succeeded, but at last he got enough money to send for them. And, and the, the wife's heart leaped for joy when it was time to now go join her husband. So she took her son to New York, got on board a Pacific steamer, and sailed away to San Francisco. They had not been long at sea before the cry of, Fire! Fire! rang through the ship, and rapidly it gained on them. There was a powder magazine on board, and the captain knew the moment the fire reached the powder, every man, woman, and child would indeed perish. So they immediately got out the lifeboats, but they were too small. In a minute, they were totally overcrowded, and the last one was just pushing away when the mother pled with them to take her and her boy. No, they said, we have got as many as we can hold. You'll have to stay. She entreated them so earnestly that at last they said they would take one more. And do you really think that she leapt into that boat and left her boy to die? Absolutely not. She grabbed her boy, gave him one last hug, kissed him, and dropped him over into the boat. My boy, she said, if you live to see your father, tell him that I died in your place. Now, obviously, that's a faint picture of what Christ has done for all of us. He laid down his life for us. He died that we might live. But listen, we must be willing to get in that boat. We must personally repent of our sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Will you do that today? Mom did everything she could to bring those children to Jesus. But it was up to them to choose. And moms have done everything perhaps to get you here today. It's still up to you to choose. You've got to make that choice. I would encourage you to make the choice to get in that boat. Because Jesus literally gave his life for you. So that you could be set free. So that you could live eternally with him. And then moms... I want to challenge you to implement these priorities in your life, to fear the Lord, to focus on bringing your children to Jesus, to have faith in God's word and to be faithful. And if you do that, I believe that you are going to be extremely fruitful, just like Salome was. The priorities of a godly mother. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for um, this mother in the scriptures that we read about. There's not a lot given in the scriptures about her, but enough to draw some really important uh, priorities, to seize the priorities that she had that made uh, a great difference in the lives of her children. And Lord, I pray that you would help us here in this day to implement these priorities into our lives. And I pray especially for moms that you would help them to do so. And most of all, Lord, I pray if there's one here today that now needs to make that decision to get in the boat 
to place their faith in Jesus Christ alone for what he has done for us on the cross and rising again the third day. Lord, I pray that you'd give them courage to make that decision today, to be born again, to be saved so that they can have that blessed assurance that we started the service with uh, this morning. And Lord, I pray that you'd help moms again and, and all of us, Lord, to have the right priorities in our lives. 